time, folks! Oh, so this is the thanks I get for working overtime. Overtime! You think you know me. from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios. It's overtime with William Patterson, Dawson Wise, and Jace Brown joining you on a Thursday on Fan Run Radio, now the official home of the Atlanta Braves. Yes, As it was time. announced earlier today, catch all the Braves games right here on the airwaves um, all season long. Um, 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join us. Uh, later on in the hour, we'll talk about how it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. We saw uh, one of the bordering state's best teams lose last night on the road. Um, we saw a couple other um, highly ranked teams also uh, lose on the road as well. We'll talk about that. As always, we'll give our best bets at the end of the hour. But we begin with this, and it's how the bats are hot in Lindsey Nelson Stadium Coming off a slow night offensively in Tuesday's win over UNC Asheville, the number 7-9 Tennessee Vols had the bats working at full capacity in Wednesday's 16-0 run rule drubbing of ETSU at Lindsey Nelson Stadium. The Vols, who now improved to 4-1, uh, uh, finished with 13 base hits and blasted four home runs, three of which came in an 11-run third inning that busted open a 1-0 game. Uh, we were on the air while they were doing that, that busting open. Um, and, and we were uh, surprised in, in ourselves, and it, it continued. Uh, got all the way up to 16-0, which, which was the final. Um, freshman infielder Dean Curley got the starting nod at shortstop and burst onto the scene in his UT debut, going two for three with a walk, three runs scored, and three RBIs, all of which came on a three-run homer um, that started that 11-run third inning um, the California native also added a triple in the sixth inning. Uh, two other Vols finished with multiple hits on the night as Hunter Inslee led the way with a three-for-three three day, perfect day for him, scoring two runs and driving in a pair of runs. Simo uh, Christian Moore also scored two runs and had two RBIs on two hits from the leadoff spot. And making his UT debut, redshirt junior Colby Backus, uh, Mr. Johnson City provided an exclamation point on the win with a three-run blast in the bottom of the sixth inning. His first career homer at the Division I level. Congratulations to him. Um, while the bats were on fire, so much talk about the offense. Also have to mention the pitching. Uh, just dominant yesterday. Uh, holding the Buccaneers to just one hit on the day. A bloop single uh, with two outs by uh, Nick Inanatone uh, uh, in the sixth inning uh, to break up the no-hit bid. Um, but still, nonetheless, a, a great day for the Vols. 
uh, using five different pitchers to stifle the ETSU lineup, uh, three of which were true freshmen, guys we've talked about on here. Uh, Matthew Dallas, a guy mm-hmm. that very well could have gone to the draft, comes to Knoxville. He was big on the mound yesterday. Uh, Dylan Loy and Braden Sharp, all three of those guys, true freshmen, played really, really well. Um, Dallas got the start and tossed three hit, three no-hit frames uh, with just one walk and three strikeouts before handing the ball off to Loy. Uh, who struck out two in one scoreless inning uh, to record his first career win. Um, All around, an impressive win. Um, We'll we'll talk a little bit more about how it's kind of surviving these inferior opponent situations where we've seen a couple of teams already drop. But um, this game historically, as we talked about a couple days ago, has usually been pretty competitive, pretty tight-knit. And this one, you got the bats rolling in the third third inning, and and that was one of the things – that we looked for after a slow day against UNC Asheville. Let's get these bats going, especially playing in Lindsey Nelson Stadium where it's a little bit easier to ding one out of the the park. Um, They were able to do that, and the freshman pitching was great. Um, Giving guys opportunities to kind of prove themselves. Uh, You know, the the day three starters still up in the air. Don't know if necessarily these freshmen are going to fill that role, but at least give them the opportunity to. And Matthew Dallas is a guy that definitely could fill that role um, later on in the season. He did really well yesterday. Uh, all around, my takeaway is a good win, impressive stuff on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, first off, this offense is as good as advertised. Mm, uh, yes. And every single guy in this lineup can get a big hit. Every single guy, one through nine. And we haven't had that yet under Vitello. And, I mean, even the 2022 team didn't have that. I mean, you had a few guys that came up, and you're like, well, you know, probably not going to get on base right here. Uh, still a potential, but these guys are almost all guarantees mm-hmm. to get on yeah. base at some point in the game and even beyond the starting nine. I mean, you got Dean Curley. He comes up, gets the start, hits a three-run homer, hits a triple. Uh, you, you got Ethan Payne. He played well at his efforts off the bench. Chuck Taylor played well yeah. uh, in the game against UNC Asheville. So you've got two deep at almost every position that can come up and get you a big hit. So this offense is electric. It is as good as advertised, at least so far, and I hope they keep that up. Uh, the freshman did really well. Uh, Dean Curley, notably, triple and a homer in his first start uh, as we try to find that mainstay shortstop until mm-hmm. Antigua gets back in the lineup, hopefully pretty soon. Yeah. Um, and Curley made a nice statement, I think, to be that guy, um, to fill that spot uh, and move Christian Moore back over to second um, and kind of fill out this infield, at least for a little bit. Uh, Dallas and Loy, I think, made the best statements of all the freshmen uh, this entire yes. week. Matthew Dallas uh, is, again, as good as advertised. Uh, easily probably could have been an MLB draft pick in the spring, uh, comes to Knoxville instead uh, and is making his time worth it, making that decision worth it, um, and could be even raising his draft stock even further by playing a year in college and looking as good as he did. If he continues that, uh, absolutely, he has earned more outings. I think Dylan Loy has as well, um, and both could be serious pieces in the bullpen uh, going forward. Uh, Last thing for me, uh, is this the beginning of the clutch factor? I think a big question with this team coming into this year was can they hit in the clutch because the last couple of years it felt like you got two outs, you had runners on, this team couldn't really hit. Uh, there were several guys that would come up, they would strike out, the inning would be over, you'd get nothing. Uh, instead, two outs in the third inning, you played a few, and all of a sudden the floodgates open, everybody's hitting with two outs, and you played 11 runs. So is this the beginning of a team that maybe has figured something out, a breakthrough? Um, to actually get hits in big moments? If so, that's just another question that we have answered that this team needed to answer early. 
Uh, first takeaway for me by far was just how comfortable everybody did look up on the mound, especially with these young guys uh, with all three freshmen. I know Marcus Phillips got an inning out there. He looked pretty refreshing out there. Uh, and J.J. Garcia finally got back out there, so that was good to see uh, from, a from a familiar face out there. Uh, again, Dean Curley was just phenomenal. Uh, I, I mean, I, I was there covering the game, so getting to see him in the press conference, uh, he's a really impressive dude. He's bigger up front. like He's like a good 6'3", 210. He's a very impressive specimen, and uh, he, he was very rangy at shortstop, just took up about anything that got in his way and, uh, of course, delivered on the offensive side, as you can see. Um, and, you know, at the plate, everybody looked comfortable uh, getting around that third inning. Most of those runs came with two outs, if not all 11 came with two outs. So uh, being able to be put in pressured situations and overcome that early in the season against an inferior opponent in ETSU uh, will only build confidence for this team like, hey, we can do it. It, it just it just takes a little bit of time. So whenever they start getting a little bit more comfortable throughout the year, we should start seeing that uh, rollover. And it's just a really great response uh, from Tuesday's game because in the post game presser, Vitello said uh, that somehow the best player in Wednesday night's game was UNC Asheville. They punched him in the mouth and didn't go away all game. And then uh, the Vols came out swinging on Wednesday, gave him everything they got on both ends of the field, uh, and they delivered a knockout blow uh, with a run rule victory. Yeah, you know, so far we've seen teams like Florida, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Wake Forest uh, all drop to inferior opponents in similar spots. The Vols went back-to-back -back as they opened the new, newly renovated Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Great start to the year at home. Um, the last four matchups, as, as we documented, uh, between the Bucks and ETSU were decided by less than four runs. So traditionally this has been a closer game. No wooden bats used this time, so that helps. Ooh. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> But how important was it to handle business while at the same time giving younger guys opportunities? Uh, it was huge, and here's why. This team did not start well last year by any means. Uh, we're just losing games to teams you have no business losing to. Mm. Uh, that just can't hold a candle to the talent you have on campus. When you have this much talent, uh, you should not be losing to those teams. And the same goes for Florida and Wake Forest and, and LSU and all those teams that are losing to teams that are inferior to them, but that's – just kind of how this, this college baseball thing works nowadays. So to be able to do that and watch other teams do it this year, very refreshing uh, in comparison to, to losing some of those games, kind of having to have some nail biters with, mm -hmm. with some teams early on. Uh, it's still important to, to see those guys come in and make a statement, um, but not at the expense of winning a ball game. But you, you managed to get the best of both worlds in yeah. both these games, not just last night. Uh, you managed to get – Plenty of freshmen in, plenty of reps for younger guys, so you still got to see what you have either for the future or for a rotation spot later in the year. Uh, at the same time, though, you don't want to limp into conference play. This team mm -hmm. limped into conference play last year, and it showed. Uh, just did not play very well until the very tail end of the year. Salvaged the year, luckily, but very mm -hmm. easily could have kind of spiraled, missed Omaha, and we would have been looking at a very different expectation this year. Uh, but you don't want to do that. Championship teams, and I look at teams like LSU last year, uh, they complete a full season. They yeah. play from start yeah. to finish. They're always just as successful. College baseball is a little bit less like other sports where if you get hot at the right time, it works out. You have to be hot the whole season. you got to be mm -hmm. good the whole year to get yourself in a good enough spot to get to Omaha. So for this team to start this well, a 5-1 and one start, that's, mm -hmm. that's a, a perfect way to do both. Yeah, yeah. It, it's great to get reps for these guys that are going to be your mainstays anyways to keep them sort of uh, in the loop on things. You don't get them, uh, you know, taking a back seat for the most part. You get them out there for a good five, six innings. You get your younger guys out there, uh, get them – get them 
experience uh, to go into, you know, weekends like this weekend against Albany where this is a team that hasn't played uh, a single game so far this year. Uh, and they're coming off a year where, as a team, I think they hit 25 home runs I read up on. So uh, it's, it's going to be another big weekend for experience for these guys. Uh, so I, th I think that factor of, uh, you know, getting these younger guys in the game, uh, getting them game reps is going to be huge over these next few weeks, uh, especially before we start rolling into uh, SEC play in just about three weeks from now. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so kind of taken away from this game, what was more impressive, the 16 runs you were able to score or a trio of freshmen um, helping post a shutout? Um, to me, I know how awesome that offense was, but I, I think I'd side with the freshmen. These are guys coming in um, straight out of high school, not much experience. I think one of them was a, a redshirt freshman. Um, but but it, it all, it's all the same. You know, These guys don't have a lot of experience um, getting the opportunity to play in one of these games. ETSU's not some – um, you know, powerhouse team, but still there's a lot of it's college baseball, you know, and, and this is an opportunity to prove yourself. And not only do they prove themselves, they do it in a really nice fashion, posting a shutout. I know the Vols run, you know, home runs were great, uh, but I almost kind of lean towards the freshmen and, and, and applaud their uh, performance. Yeah, I, I would probably agree. And I think the most impressive thing is probably the fact that you plated 11 runs with two outs in an mm -hmm. inning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think ultimately, even more than just scoring 16, the fact that you could do that much in that clutch situation is the most impressive thing to me. Uh, and it answers the biggest question mark that I think we had. But it's still extremely difficult to go out there and throw a shutout, let alone in your first experience for, for a couple of those guys in a college uniform. Yeah. So uh, that's obviously extremely impressive, and it's great to see, number one, the trust that, that Tony V has in them uh, and the depth and in the, the development that we've seen out of that group over fall ball and into, into now the season as it's gotten started, and also uh, the depth that we have in the bullpen. Uh, that's going to be a really fun yeah, thing. Yeah. It's going to be a really great addition to a team that, again, I talked about it the other day, I don't think has had that in the past. Yeah. You've had some lights out guys, and then once you get past them, well, you just got to hang on and hope you don't give up too many mm -hmm. runs in an inning now. Uh, I think you can really – really have a great unit to play multiple days in a row. Yeah, the, the freshman pitchers were really the shining star of this one because, I mean, like you were saying earlier, Dawson, w with the lineup that Tennessee has, it was only a matter of time before the bats started to wake up and uh, become a mainstay uh, as a, I guess – pivotal point for this Tennessee team which has been known to put up runs over these past two years so that was going to happen we just came in with a bunch of question marks about this pitching rotation and seeing uh, the young guys go out there and just shove last night especially Dylan Loy I think in his one inning he looked really good uh, had a pickoff move over at first that was really slick to get a guy uh, that he plunked like two pitches before uh, so that that was also exciting to see but again overall just getting more uh reps for those guys and them going out there and showing poise, uh, I, I think that's the most impressive thing over the 16 runs that was scored. Um, so, you know, going back to that pitching mix that, that played yesterday, we we're still trying to figure out who that day three starter is. Um, would you like to see any of these guys get involved for a possible Sunday spot? Possibly. Uh, I think Dallas and Loy are probably the two that I would say, mm -hmm. probably Matthew Dallas first. Uh, those are the two I've, I've had, kind of had my eye on, but even before this start, I kind of, you know, I thought about their names already. Um, this is where Drew Beam got his start as a freshman, was pitching some midweek games, and, oh, this guy's really good. Let's throw him on the weekend. Now look where he is. He's the Saturday starter. He's your number one guy. Um, and so if you could find that again, and I think you can, and a guy like Matthew Dallas, why not give him a shot on a weekend here 
coming up. The problem is I think there's a bit of a line. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we've seen the last of Xander mm-hmm. Sechrist. I imagine he will probably get the ball. Now it is, again, to be determined for the second weekend in a row for Sunday uh, in the game notes today. But Sechrist is probably still going to get that start. I think Snead and Causey have made their cases to get a start before yeah. these other freshmen. But uh, they can slot in behind those guys, and, and eventually sometime down the road I think they will get an opportunity. Yeah, I, I think of the guys I pitched yesterday, it's, it's absolutely either Dallas or Lloyd. That would be my number one just because, uh, you know, in, in the – short time that they did have they looked really good those first four innings were just lights out I think they allowed a total of two base runners uh or a total of three base runners and two of them got out on the base paths anyway so it was really a non-factor uh so those guys being able to impress in midweek is huge uh you, you hit on Causey and Sneed and uh Seacrest all probably going to be fighting over that for the next few weeks before we start getting into uh bigger ball games so uh I, I feel like that's going to be the main I guess action you'd say for that Sunday spot but uh, as for rotation wise like in the bullpen I would like to see JJ Garcia get back out there I remember seeing him in some weekend spots late in games last year uh, and he, he looked really solid in those spots so I'd like to see him get back in rotation out there as well yeah I'd, I'd like to see Matthew Dallas or Matthew Dallas get a shot at it um, obviously Causey had a really impressive showing uh, Nate Sneed you know what you get in him um, I think C. Chris deserves another shot as well. Um, but, you know, maybe kind of give a scenario where you kind of get down to your top four candidates and, and kind of see how they do over the course of the next four games. Kind of give them a little bit of a, a practice run. All right, you're getting the ball today. Let's see how you perform in this spot. Um, and I think when you're playing in, in the out-of-conference schedule, you're going to face a lot of teams that are pretty similar in terms of um, not being as good as the teams you'll face SEC time and, and really when we get to Illinois. Um, so right now is your time to kind of tinker with things and, and experiment. And um, I'd like to see Matthew Dallas get a shot. I mean, um, this is a guy that very well could be playing in the minor leagues right now, trying to work his way up, um, you know, to the to the MLB level um, because he decides to get drafted, decides to want to go and go ahead and pursue that. Um, but he decides to come to college and test things out, gives himself an opportunity to prove himself. That's what he did yesterday. Um, and I think he can – also prove himself that he can be a starter on this team as well and a, and a consistent one. So um, out of the mix from yesterday, would like to see Dallas get involved, and I'd love to see a little bit of a competition between um, the, the rest of the candidates with him involved. Um, the Vols exploded for 11 runs in the bottom of the third inning. They're most in an inning since plating 15 in the bottom of the fifth during a 23-1 to victory over Alabama A&M almost exactly one year ago to the day. So it was February 22nd, 2023. That would have mm. been – Today, last year, um, UT recorded 10 of its 13 total hits in the inning, five of which went for extra bases and tallied 10 of the 11 runs with two outs. I was really impressed with the two outs part um, because, you know, that, that's a situation where if you've got men on base, you don't want to leave them. Uh, you, you don't want to leave guys on base. You want to make sure you're making the most of that opportunity. And not only do they make the most of it, they put up 10 runs with two outs. I think that's really impressive and come, uh, you know, later down the season when you're playing some teams that are a little bit better than ETSU, having that experience I, I think is very important. Now, once again, I'm not saying that they're going to be able to replicate what they did against ETSU, against a Florida or a, a, a Vanderbilt, a LSU, whatever you want to call it. Um, but just having that experience of being able to, you know, hey, we got two outs, let's make sure we're playing smart here, um, putting the ball in play, and that's exactly what they did yesterday. 
Uh, can we expect this offense to be explosive all season long, especially at home? I think we can, yeah. I mean, Lindsey Nelson, we, we talked about it before, lends itself to a lot of offense. A very short yeah. park, uh, admittedly, yeah, but when you have a lineup like this, that helps you a lot. You can really hit a lot of home runs. A lot of these fly balls that maybe in other places aren't going to go out, they go out at Lindsey Nelson because it's a short park. So uh, that in, in and of itself, in the past we've seen it lend itself to offense, but with a lineup like this, uh, I think it really can. This lineup to me – uh, and, again, it might sound crazy, but it almost gives me more hope than that 2022 lineup did that won a ton of games because I think that lineup, sometimes they'd get into a really bad drought at the plate, and it would just look ugly at times. Uh, really notable in, in the Super Regional against Notre Dame, just went innings upon innings without hitting anything for a team that hit you know, 70 home runs during the year. Uh, you, you can't be doing that. This team feels like it took that lineup and added consistency to it um, to where maybe you can expect every inning you're going to get a guy on base, you're going to get a base hit, whereas some of the, the last two teams, I don't, you just don't know. You come up to the plate and you're like, well, is this going to be a, an inning where we score four runs or an inning where we go yeah. down on eight pitches? Yeah. So uh, I think they've added consistency. Uh, and the stars in the middle of the lineup, this could be the most explosive unit in the country, and I don't think that's too crazy to say. Mm-hmm. Um, just one through nine altogether, but especially those guys in the meat of the order, especially if tiers – continues to develop into what yeah. he has become, uh, they could absolutely be the best unit in the country and put up some serious numbers. I think barring any or like probably multiple injuries, I say three plus, I, I think this team can really uh, produce all year long, especially in uh, just the power factory that is Lindsey Nelson Stadium, you know. Uh, and one th- we still haven't seen Blake Burke find his rhythm right. just yet. He hasn't uh, left the yard at all, which is sort of surprising, especially to me over these last two seasons where, of course, his freshman campaign was just incredible, like – 95 at-bats, 14 home runs. You're like, man, this kid is just going to be one of the greats that ever walks through uh, the halls of Tennessee. So uh, whenever we start getting him back uh, lifting balls over the fence, that's going to take this offense to another level, I believe. Uh, And, again, we've we've hit on it many times before. That two through five in this lineup can be maybe the most deadly in the country compared to anybody, uh, any other team's in the country so I mean uh with stars and just power up and down the lineup I mean there's no reason uh that this team should struggle especially with like Colby Backus yet last night came out with some big pop uh, off the bench so they're too deep everywhere uh should not be any struggle uh on the offensive side yeah very good stuff good win for the Vols yesterday when we come back we'll talk about how it's hard to win on the road in college basketball Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865-966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team, delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today rev up your savings at volunteer auto group your one-stop destination for quality vehicles at unbeatable prices 
Cruise through their vast selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They've got the flexible financing options that make it easy for you to drive home today. Volunteer Auto Group, where every deal's a winner. 1501 Callahan Drive. Check them out online at volauto.com and tell them Fan Run sent you. Brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. White Claw is taking hard seltzer to new heights with White Claw Surge. At 8% alcohol, White Claw Surge is a stronger wave of refreshment that doesn't compromise on taste. Available in four bold waves of flavor like ripe blackberry, citrusy blood orange, zesty natural lime, and tart cranberry. Check out your favorite retailer in-store and online for the White Claw Surge Variety 12-pack and 16-ounce single-serve cans. White Claw Surge, please drink responsibly. Life insurance, why are you putting it off? Can't afford it, too much hassle, think you don't need it? There's lots of excuses for putting off life insurance, but if you weren't there, who would pay the mortgage and other bills? With Ethos, you could be covered in 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at getethos.com. That's getethos.com. Spend my dollar Parking a holler Needs a mountain moonlight Hold her up tight Make a little loving A little turn of loving On a Mason-Dixon line Fits my life Oh, so right All right, back here on Overtime to a little Dixieland delight. Switching up the music here on a Thursday. Uh, Dawson's turned into our producer, into our DJ. A little bit of everything. <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, about how it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. Wednesday featured a loaded slate of college basketball action with teams trying to boost their March resumes and stay afloat in the bubble race. The night also featured multiple upsets to rank teams heading on the road. Kentucky. Dayton Flyers, one of the teams we've been very high on, we talked about yesterday. They lost to George Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Illinois suffers a uh, – I mean, I, I can't believe they lost that one considering the, the way they were up in that one um, with yeah, like 36 seconds left. They're up by yeah. like three possessions. Uh, and then Colorado State takes a tough one on the road to New Mexico. New Mexico is a really good team. Mountain West is a, a very competitive conference. But um, all those teams – Kentucky, Dane, Illinois, Colorado State all fell to unranked teams last night. Um, and I want to focus on one of them to begin with, and it's Kentucky. Uh, four days after arguably their best one of the season, a wire-to-wire romp at Auburn, uh, the Wildcats blew a 15-point lead in the second half and lost on a putback buzzer beater in Baton Rouge. Uh, this now back-to-back games for LSU kind of playing the upset card here as they got a win over South Carolina over the weekend. Um, but that was just the final grasp, uh, a gasp-inducing moment in a uh, just a frantic finish. After the Tigers used a 23-5 run to surge ahead, 
Um, UK freshman Rob Dillingham went off, scored 21 uh, points in the final 10 minutes, um, punctuated by a beautiful baseline jumper for the lead with 13 seconds left. You thought the game was over. Kentucky was going to survive on the other end. Adu Thero blocked Jordan Wright's first game-winning attempt, but he got it backed and shoved it to forward Tyrell Ward, who batted it through the net as time expired. LSU um, gets a, a upset win at home, and this just shows once again how boom-bust Kentucky is, especially come tournament time. Kentucky's defense is too big of a liability, um, and I think Auburn, uh, I think Alabama is very similar. You saw last night uh, against Florida at home. Uh, they struggled getting stops and stringing stops consecutively, and when they aren't shooting well, a lot of teams could beat uh, Alabama, and a lot of teams can beat Kentucky. Now, if Alabama comes out and shoots and makes you know 10-plus threes, there are not a lot of teams in the country that can beat them. If Kentucky gets produ- production from Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard, um, like they saw against Tennessee, uh, not a lot of people can beat that team. Um, but their defense is too big of a liability, and allowing a team to have a 23-5 to surge in the second half um, is unacceptable, especially the caliber team you have and coach you have with uh, Calipari and all those five stars. DJ Wagner's in a little bit of a slump right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not playing his best basketball, but this team is way too talented to be suffocating uh, multi-digit runs to teams that will be um, you know, lucky to win a game in the SEC tournament let alone March Madness. Um, I think this is a, a boom-bust team, and you saw it once again last night. Is Kentucky's defense too big of a liability for a March run? Uh, I, I Maybe, but I don't think it's as much as teams like Alabama or Baylor. I know Baylor is one we <clears throat> talked about last night. Um, they have enough star power, NBA-level talent, to me, to carry them through a tournament run. Are they going to win a title playing defense like that? No. But a tournament run – I don't think is impossible. Again, I think Max said it best last night. Kentucky's the type of team that can either lose on the opening weekend in their first game or go all the way to the Final Four. Yeah. It just depends on which team shows up and how far their star power um, can carry them. It's not like they're giving up 100 a night. I mean, yeah, you know, you give up a 23-5 to surge, but this game was played in the 70s. Um, I mean, you got to figure out a way to win this game if you're Kentucky. You just won a game in the 80s on the road in Auburn last weekend. So, uh, to me, it's it's less defense and more their ability to close some of these games. they got to figure out how to close games. That's more of a worry to me than defense because uh, you can play good defense and still you know leak some points late, and all of a sudden now you, you can't close the game and, and you lose like you did last night to LSU. So to me, defense is a liability, but I don't think it's as much of a liability as their ability to close games. Yeah, uh, I, I think it definitely is a liability. Now, when it comes to like a March run, uh, it, it really does depend on who you run up on. Now, it does feel kind of like this is a team that's going to run into one of those, you know, Cinderella teams that Tennessee is so used to running into where uh, if you have one off night, then, you know, your season's done. because they, they've, they've Yes, St. Peter's screams uh, this specific Kentucky team right here. Uh, again, if, if they run into a team that uh, can actually hit shots uh, while Kentucky's on off night, yeah, they'll absolutely uh, get taken down in the tourney very early. Uh, but I've said it before, I'll say it again, guards do win uh, in March. And, I mean, they, they've got three stellar ones. Of course, DJ Wagner uh, is not having the, a great run right now, but they've got three others uh, in Reeves, Dillingham, and Shepard that have been on all season. So uh, I, I think short term, I, I don't think it's a huge problem uh, on the defense, but – Sooner or later, it's it's really going to start catching up to them. 
Yeah, and let's talk about another team that had an, an embarrassing loss, and this was a team that was ranked in the preliminary top 16 seeds given by – or top 16 teams yeah. uh, given by the NCAA Tournament Committee on Saturday. Um, Penn State – that's not the team that made it, but uh, Penn State <laughs> uh, electrified a sold-out rec hall crowd as the Nittany Lions rallied back from a double-digit deficit, very similar to the Kentucky situation, including a seven-point deficit in the final 33 seconds to stun number 12 Illinois 90-89 to in Penn State's return to the rec game. Um, and this is a game they play at an old, you know, old stadium, like similar. If, um, similar to Assembly Hall, I think, for yes, Indiana, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, but you're up seven points with 36 seconds left. Not only do you allow them to get a wide open layup on the or wide open three on the other side, you foul a three point shooter, and he makes it. So that's a, a seven point stretch right there is taken away by um, poor defense and and poor awareness. With 36 seconds left, you're up by seven. I mean that 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 should be a a possession, and really it's over. And the, the Penn State is able to come back and win that one, and, and they're not a good team, by the way. This yeah. is I've watched Penn State unfortunately a couple times this year. <laughs> they're not a good basketball team. Um, you know who does play for them though? Um, Cam Johnson's little brother. Really? Yeah. Oh, you know he started okay. off at UNC. He started off in North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays for him because I he was the the lone. Um, shining star in the game I watched them play um, when they played Michigan State. That's good, at least. But um, I, I thought you liked that. Um, but back to Illinois. Is Illinois deserving of a top 16 bid at this point right now? This one's tough. I still think they are. Uh, I think they've played good enough basketball to justify being inside the top 16 because, I mean, I think you could argue the same about Wisconsin recently and the way they've mm-hmm. played. Um, Terrence Shannon has, has led that team to, to great heights this year. I think they've looked good. You got a win over FAU, a, fi- a Final Four national championship team last year. Uh, you've got the uh, the close losses to Purdue and Tennessee. Both of those were road games. Uh, you played both to the wire. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know Purdue more than more than Tennessee. That game yeah. was a little bit more out of hand at the end. But you know you're able to play close to good teams. Um, so I think you still are. I think you're still a top four seed. I think you're still talent-wise, one of the best 16 teams in the country. So I'm still on the train. Uh, but you can't let losing become a pattern. They've lost now mm-hmm. to Penn State, Northwestern, and Michigan State all in the last two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not great. But, again, I think you can make the same argument about Wisconsin, who has lost to similar teams in the past two and a half weeks, and they're still in the top four seeds. So uh, they still have the talent to do it. I think they're still a good enough team mm-hmm. to do it. Um, are they right now deserving? Eh, I still think they are, but they're starting to get t- tipping on the edge. Yeah, Uh you know, the big question for me is I, I think they do still deserve it, uh, but with the question there, I, I'm still kind of confused who would take their spot if if they were to slide out because we talk about Dayton, uh, who just dropped one. Colorado State was at like a six seed. They just dropped one. Kentucky at a five seed just dropped one as well, and Wisconsin moved down uh, to a five seed as well. So that's, that's sort of the big one for me. Uh, I, I think they can outplay – uh, maybe besides Dayton, who's been pretty solid all around this year, I think they outplay everybody in that like five six range. Uh, so I, I still think overall this season they are deserving of the four seed. Now probably the bottom four seed at this point. Right. Uh, but uh, it, it, I'm still more questioning like who would slide up uh, to take their spot more than anybody else. 
I, I don't view this team as a top 16 team, in my opinion. Uh, they're four and five in quad one games. They lost to Marquette. They lost to Tennessee. Um, lost to Northwestern. Lost to um, uh, lost to let's see, huh? Purdue. We'll lost to Purdue. Well. Um, and then Michigan, Michigan State. State. Uh, Penn State's a, a bad loss. Uh, this look, I, I think this team has a couple of really nice pieces. I like Terrence Shannon, um, and you know, I, I I just think that this team, when they're faced up against the the tournament teams on their schedule, uh, they're not winning them or they're splitting them at least. Um, and I mean, I, I I do view the the win over Colgate earlier in the season as actually a pretty good win considering how good Colgate's been this year, um, and the FAU win is good as well. Um, but outside of those, I mean, you get your opportunities against Marquette, you don't do it. Uh, against Tennessee, you don't do it. Against Purdue, you don't do it. Um, Maryland, you lose to Maryland at home. That's a game you can't lose at home. Um, and, and Maryland's not a, 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 a top 25 team right now either. Um, Northwestern on the road, it's hard to play in a road environment. Um, I understand it. Playing at Michigan State, hard road environment, I get it. Um, but Penn State – is not a team that anyone is scared to play against. Yeah. And and those kind of losses right there is, is what makes me uh, think twice about um, Illinois. Um, you know, you mentioned Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin's on a very similar trajectory. They've just had a lot a, a, a lot worse couple of weeks than Illinois has. Um, and I, don't, I didn't think they should have been in the top 16 either, as we discussed yesterday. Mm. But um, right now, I don't think Illinois is deserving of a top, 10, a top 16 bid. Well. For me, and you talked about a team that would replace them. I actually forgot to mention the team I had written down to replace either one of those schools is Creighton. I yeah. don't know why Creighton wasn't top four already. Now with these two struggling, I mean, they should take one of their spots. I think they have, uh, but in the, I mean, in the official rankings, uh, they should have been there, I think, to begin with. Yeah, but I guess if I'm going to be critical of Illinois, I can be critical of Creighton. You could. Uh, Creighton, I mean, they lost to Butler That's at true. home. Yeah. Um, and, and Butler's a, a team of, you know, with a life preserver on right now for the tournament. Um, they lose to Providence on the road. Granted, it was an overtime, uh, but they have their own, you know, fair share of losses as well. Now, I think they have the better win than um, Illinois does by a mile. Beating UConn's a, a lot better than being an FAU team that I think's a little bit overvalued, especially overvalued at the beginning of the season. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'd throw Crane in there. Uh, would you throw St. Mary's in there as well? I think St. Mary's think deserves so, a, yeah. a higher seed. I think so. Um, I think they've 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 shown they're a top four, uh, top sixteen caliber team. I think Dayton's team. getting there as well. Well, Dayton dropped one last night too. Yeah, though. that's the okay, big maybe one not. There, yeah. <laughs> Lose a tough one to George Mason. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, at George Mason, that's yeah. gross. Um, I, I, look, it's it's hard to play on, on the road. That's the the title of this segment. But um, moving on to I guess comparing the two losses here, more disappointing loss: Illinois or Kentucky? Dawson, <sighs> look, I think it's Kentucky. Uh, you're coming off probably your biggest win of the year, I think, for the Wildcats at yes. Auburn on the Plains. Uh, you you can't go and drop the next game after that against a not great LSU team. I mean, this mm -hmm. is a team that mm -hmm. we saw Tennessee dominate on their home floor last week, and now Kentucky goes on the road and just puts up a stinker against a team they shouldn't be losing to. Any momentum you had now from the Auburn win is gone mm -hmm. um, because you lose a really rough game. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, you know, Illinois gives up a seven-point lead in the last 36 seconds, and that is brutal. 
Uh, but the circumstances weren't exactly in their favor. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Penn State electrified a little bit by that return to the rec game. They had a lot, lot more to play for in that game last night because of what you know what the circumstances were. I'm not saying it's excusable, but I think Kentucky's is just a little bit worse uh, because this Wildcats team is just out of whack. They're weird because yeah. uh, they'll go and win a huge game. They'll beat an Auburn or South Carolina or somebody like that, and then they'll go and lose to LSU, lose to Gonzaga, you know, someone like that. And Gonzaga is not the Gonzaga of old. This mm-hmm. is a not this is a middle-of-the-pack Gonzaga team. So for, for Kentucky, I mean, this wind-out-of-your-sails moment beyond all else this season because you had so much chance to build momentum and you lose it all on the road against a bottom-half mm-hmm. SEC team. I'd probably put Illinois here just because of how not great Penn State is. I think they're below 500 right now just across the board. So, uh, I mean, I get the return to rec game. is going to spark you a little bit, but that's still not a game that you uh, are wanting or – you should you shouldn't lose that game whatsoever, especially uh, with the caliber of uh, just players that you have on that team. I mean, whenever they came to town, uh, I was there. I really felt like that was like a bona fide elite eight team by the way they uh, just played. The bodies that they had on the team, they're really big team, uh, and just but they just couldn't execute again on the road at Tennessee. But not being able to take one against a really not good Nittany Lions team, I feel like that's more of a gut punch, especially losing, uh, a, a like you said, a three-possession game late like that. It's just gut-wrenching. I, I think Kentucky, it, it just goes back on their defense. That's been a problem all year. I mean, uh, and this was a game that they couldn't hit their shots. I mean, those those two mixed together, just a perfect storm of bad for Kentucky. So I'd, I'd probably throw it towards the Illini. Uh, more disappointing is Kentucky considering um, you kind of figured like they were going to get their groove back after that win this weekend. They've been struggling as of late. Um, they get a win over Ole Miss. Okay, now can they do go do it at Auburn? They do it at Auburn. Um but now you, you you go to LSU and you're like, okay, well, we were making all this progress and now we're right back to where we were. Right. Um, more frustrating, Illinois. Oh, yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, if I'm That's an Illinois, bad, yeah. I mean, if I'm a head coach of that team, I'm looking at my my guys in the locker room saying, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> I mean seriously. That's all you can say. You have you know, a seven-point lead with 36 seconds left. You're telling me we can't win the game? That 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 is ridiculous. More disappointing is Kentucky, though, considering – um, how they've been struggling as of late. You get the win over Ole Miss at home, a little bit of a reboost, and, and then you go beat Auburn on the road, which is a, a very tough environment to play in. You get it done, and you lose LSU. Yeah, LSU's. I mean, hell, they're they're pulling the upset card as of late. They, uh, I mean, yeah, South, South Carolina. Carolina and now you know Kentucky. that little, you know that little meme with the the, the guy with uh, knocking all the doors, and, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what they are. That's what they are right now. Um, I saw on Twitter the Kentucky faithful. They're they're oh at, at the bar at the, or whatever. Well, no, I'm just no, I'm just, just talking about in general. They're uh, not very happy. <laughs> they're not. And I saw, uh, I think this was Rivals that posted this, and they were talking about possible coaches that could get fired. Juwan Howard was on the list, uh, and and Penny Hardaway. They had Calipari on the list. Mm, I, I don't give him a lifetime contract. I, I don't see how you I could fire did, him. Yeah. Do you get any better him. than him? You can't I, fire him. I feel like it's the same situation with all the people that, you know, uh, complain is the nicer word to say. Complain about Rick Barnes. <laughs> um, you know, how, what, who are you getting? Who, 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 get? who are you going to do yeah. better than? Right. No one's recruiting like Calipari. No. Because even – They had, the, like, three of the top four players this year yeah. in the past. And, all, and, and a lot of people thought that the G League Ignite and that overseas would totally change the, the college basketball recruiting landscape. 
Uh, Calipari de- gave double burrs and said, no, I, I, can, I can still recruit. Yeah. Um, now, I, rounding out the rest of the roster, I think, is something um, he's got to critique. I, I think uh, Mitchell was supposed to be one of their home run hits out of the portal. He's been just hot yeah. and cold. Yeah. Um, hasn't been the guy they thought. And he was good for West Virginia last he year. Was. I, I liked him when when uh, he decided to transfer there. Um, and what, what's their big – Z? Big Z? Big, big Z. Z. He's, been, he's been a no Is that what they call him, yeah. Big Z? Yeah. I mean, he's, they brought him out yeah. like a like a, a circus trick, you know, bring out Big Z, and he hadn't done anything. Um, but, I, you know, going back to Calipari, I don't see how you could fire him. I don't see how you get any better than him. Um, and I, I think, you know, even if they – don't run the table this year. Uh, no, no other coach is coming in and bringing the the caliber players that that no. Calipari is. So, um, I think it's a very central, similar situation to the Tennessee fans with Barnes. They just get too frustrated, think they should be doing a little bit better, um, and Kentucky should. I mean, I mean they're a blue blood, but um, anyway. All right, when we come back, we'll do our best bets of the night. Stay right here on overtime. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? Then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axellogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics. Now is your time. The superbly versatile all-electric EQB from Mercedes-Benz, a compact SUV that's full of big surprises. An optional fold-out third row offers luxurious comfort for up to seven occupants. And almost 24 cubic feet of cargo space means this compact SUV is big enough to handle anything you can throw at it or in it. You can set the tone any way you like with 64 color customizable ambient lighting throughout. And just like every other Mercedes-Benz EV, the EQB features the very latest generation MBUX voice activated tech. So whether you want to set a new destination, change the tunes or tune up the heat, all you have to say is, hey Mercedes, this vehicle's all electric, the feeling's all Mercedes. Test drive the EQB today at your local dealer, or learn more at mbusa.com slash eqb. That's mbusa.com slash eqb. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. 
inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Back here on Overtime, got some good music on the DJ turntable right now. He's spinning it. Well, T. Scott, <laughs> we get a little worker worker. We get a little of that. <laughs> Time for our best bets of the night. Um, I'll begin with Washington State plus 13 tonight against Arizona. This is a, a red hot Washington team taking or Washington State team taking on a another very hot uh, Arizona team. I think that they're just laying too many points here. Plus 13 for a team. Uh, that that is trying to make a statement tonight. They already beat this team earlier in the season as well. A little bit weary of a of a revenge spot here for Arizona, but over the last couple of games, you've seen the markets overvalue some of these revenge spots. Uh, last night, New Mexico got all the way up to eight and a half. Um, New Mexico ended up winning only by three. Um, last, yesterday with Alabama as well, big spread for Alabama. Um, ends up being a, a pretty tight one down the stretch. I think 13 points are too many to lay here. Washington State plus 13. Great minds think alike. Washington State, I found them at 12.5, even better to get them at 13. Uh, already beaten Arizona once this year. Now it's going to be very tough to go into Tucson and win. Um, but, again, I don't, I don't even know if they have to win. Just cover, make this one close, um, and make Arizona sweat a little bit. I think it's what they're going to do. Uh, Miles Rice, Isaac Jones combined for 42 in that win against Arizona, 24 and 18 respectively. They'll be the stars of the show tonight if Wazoo wants to pull another upset. In Tucson, I think they can make this one scrappy for sure. Washington State, I have them at 12 and a half. I made or I mulled over this one for quite a while before picking this one. I'm going to roll with FAU minus six and a half against SMU at home. Uh, again, the Owls coming off a, a really close loss to USF on the road. Uh, a little bit of foul taste in your mouth. They're looking for a bounce back here at home against a really hot uh, SMU team. They've won their last six, but uh, I, I think FAU, I think the Owls, with, with the crew that they have, most of them returning from last year's Final Four squad, uh, I, th I think they can take care of business at home and uh, stun the Mustangs. Yeah, SMU is a good team, by the way. I think yeah, that's a very good team. Yeah, that's a yes. tournament team. Yeah. Uh, a big statement win over Memphis. Mm -hmm. uh, my next best bet. Oregon plus one against Stanford. Now, this is an interesting line. A lot of times people will jump on the inferior team, giving the points at minus one. Uh, however, I think these two offenses are very similar, um, but where they differ is rebounding and turnovers. Uh, and the Ducks win the advantage there by far. Stanford is 255th in offensive turnover rate and 336th in offensive rebounding rate. Um, Nafali Dante, another guy um, to watch out for in this one. Um, he's been averaging 15 and 8 per game uh, since his return uh, to the court after being injured. Um, going up a, against a, a tall defender in Maxime Ryund, um, but he's a little soft, allowing 60% uh, uh, 60% conversion rate um, inside the paint. Um, so I'm taking Oregon in this one, plus one, a little bit of a shaky line, but I'm taking the Ducks, the better team. All right. I'm going to go bounce off of uh, my underdog pick from yesterday from our tournament talk. Give me Grand Canyon, minus four and a half tonight on the road at Tarleton State, a team mm. that Tennessee has seen this year. Uh, Grand Canyon, several straight wins. I mean, they're, they're on pace to win 25, win number 25 tonight. For Bryce, is it Bryce Drew that coaches out yes. there in Grand Canyon? Yes, yes. Big tournament resume. They got to keep winning. Uh, we talked about last night. They keep winning. 
they could get an at-large bid for the tournament. I think they do so again tonight. Tarleton's on six straight wins in conference play, uh, but Grand Canyon's just playing too good a basketball to lose this one. I like Grand Canyon minus four and a half. I'm going to keep picking them because my hometown squad has yet to do me wrong. UT Martin on the road at Lindenwood, minus nine and a half. The Skyhawks have been rolling. Their latest win at home against a really good Moorhead State team. Uh, that was a top, or that is a top, the OVC. Got a big win there at home. Uh, and, again, Jordan Sears has been balling out this year, averaging 20 a game. Match that with Jacob Cruz with 18 and 8 a game. Those guys are really lethal uh, out in West Tennessee. Look for them to take advantage of a really bad Lindenwood team tonight. All right, my next best bet, Minnesota minus three. They're taking on Ohio State, coming off a very big win over Purdue. But keep in mind, Minnesota is 21-3 and against the spread this year, the number one team in the country, 16-1 and at home. Also, this is a letdown spot for Ohio State. They just fired their coach this time last week. They get a big win. Juices are flowing, but this is a letdown spot. It always is after you see uh, – I remember when the Raiders, they had Antonio Pierce. He just took over. They got a big win over the the Chargers' standalone game on Thursday night football. Mm. They come back the next week. It comes back to reality. Um, very similar spot here, Minnesota minus three. Last one for me. Uh, glad to be back in the NBA again after the yeah. All-Star week. I kind of missed betting in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but New Orleans minus seven and a half tonight against the Houston Rockets. Uh, this is a Rockets team that's good uh, but ravaged by injuries. Steven Adams day-to-day. Fred Van Vliet is day-to-day. Don't know if either of them are going to play tonight. Uh, New Orleans at home is playing their best ball of the year in the playoff push. Uh, they've, they're slowly becoming one of those Western Conference teams that could make some noise in the postseason. Uh, well over 500 uh, double-digit games over 500 at this point. Uh, and with the Rockets just struggling with injuries and kind of floundering a little bit here late in the season, I like New Orleans to cover their 7.5. I've got the Knicks money line. I found that one at plus 100 earlier at the 76ers. Uh Coming off of four straight losses before the All-Star break, of course, they, they were a little bit banged up, but made some moves uh, right before the trade deadline. So, uh, But the last time these two teams faced off, it was in Philly, and uh, the Knicks won by 36 in that one uh, against a healthy Embiid as well. So uh, I, I think they'll want to bounce back here, get back on the right foot after uh, what was a really good first half of the year, uh, just trying to get that, again, bad taste out of the mouth, Knicks money line tonight. You should have played uh, Summer 16 by Drake coming in because I'm betting on a team that's looking for revenge, and that's Purdue. Ooh. <laughs> Purdue, minus 14 after a tough loss to Ohio State. Um, this is a great bounce-back spot for them. A little mic drop there. Little there bit. you go. Um, look, uh, Scarlet Knights, they're, they're taking on the Rutgers. Um, this mm. is a very tough matchup for them at Mackey Arena. Uh, the Boilermakers have the superior offense and are still a talented uh, team despite a couple flaws. Um, completely outmatched here for Rutgers. I'm taking Purdue minus 14. Looking for revenge. Um, that's all for me. That's all, all I got. Yeah. All right, those are our best bets of the night. Real quick, wrap it around. Uh, Purdue minus 14, Minnesota minus 3, Washington State plus 13, Oregon plus 1 for me. Washington, Washington State plus 12.5. You can get them at 13, take them at 13. Grand Canyon minus 4.5. Pelicans minus 7.5. And, and I've got FAU minus 6.5. Knicks money line and UT Martin minus 9.5. All right, those are our best bets of the night. We'll see you on the other side of the hour. <laughs> 